journalists were actively surveilled. And based on that surveillance, Jan Kuciak was picked to be murdered. That's, that's scary. Hello and welcome to Global. I'm Travis Green, and today we are going to be looking at the relationship between a free media and democracy. If you like what you hear on this episode, let us know what you think. Drop us a review or email us at podcast at IRI.org. Like, share, subscribe, and definitely follow us on Twitter at IRI Global. Without further ado, let's talk about media. A free and independent media is essential for a healthy democracy. That includes traditional formats like television, radio, or print, as well as digital formats like social networks, vlogs, and podcasts. Inclusive and informed public discourse is essential to ensure that democratic institutions reflect the will of the people. As an avenue for this discourse, the free media plays a key role holding governments accountable to citizens, and the people who make this possible are journalists. You think about it, journalists are just citizens. They're just citizens who have the means and the tools and the skills to be able to inform citizens. And as we know, many places in the world have an issue of propaganda and disinformation. Uh, and it's, uh, it is the responsibility of independent journalists to go and seek the truth uh, and hold their elected officials accountable in order to maintain a healthy democracy. That was Dina Sadek, a former journalist in Egypt and currently IRI's media advisor. She consults IRI's programming that strengthens free and independent media. I mean, investigative journalism is the biggest tools that uh, that journalists have in order to hold people accountable in a healthy democracy. Uh, not every journalist can do investigative journalism. It is uh, particularly time-invasive and, uh, and takes a lot of resources, which is why not a lot of journalists are able to do it. But I would say one of the, one of the biggest things that journalists do is fact-check the information that's being told to them uh, and just not take anything that's being said in the news by elected officials or governments at face value. Sometimes you can but you have, to, you, have to accurate, you have to confirm the accuracy of that information before you deliver it to citizens. As Dina mentions, investigative journalism is a powerful tool. We did realize that, yes, journalism can be also a kind of entertainment, and, and it, it is also to, to make profit, and, but, but we, we actually realized that, that investigative, good investigative journalism muckraking journalism is will always be the essence of you know the control of of the powerful that was beata balagova editor in chief of sme a slovak daily newspaper and the deputy chair of the executive committee of the international press institute as beata just said media has a powerful role in keeping governments accountable and ensuring they are responding to the people it's this role that makes them so key to a thriving democracy it's also what makes them a target. Journalists, by virtue of their work, are often in the thick of it when there are crises happening around the world. Dina told us about her time in Cairo during the Arab Spring and how it led her to pursue journalism full time. Sometimes it can be scary to report from some places around the world, but um, you, there's only one way to expose the truth. Uh, and the reality of it is journalists being there at the right time 
uh, when when events do happen. So if I go back to my time in Egypt, even before I became a journalist, uh, I was just a protester in Tahrir Square in 2011. Um, and I was asked then to translate for a journalist from an international uh, newspaper, um, and one of the things that one of the things that led me to wanting to do that is that I could see after a few days of being Tahrir Square uh, that you pick up the state newspapers uh, and you don't have anything that's happening in Tahrir Square being reported on or reported accurately at all. Uh, meanwhile, you have uh, you have reports on uh, the pro-Mubarak protests that were happening way far away, far away from where uh, the anti-government protesters were happening. And it's quite, uh, it's quite frustrating when you see thousands of people like yourself right there demanding the same thing and their voice is not being, uh, it's, it's, it's not, um, their opinion is not being included in the state newspaper that their own taxpayer money funds. Uh, so it, you can see the, the driving force of wanting to uncover uh, that and make sure that people are actually aware of what is happening at that time rather than just listening to the propaganda uh, that does not represent the views. Transparency, or making citizens aware of what's really going on in a country, has serious potential to drive democratic changes. But it's this potential to have an impact that can make journalists a target. Whether it's political figures, organized crime, or corporate interest, there can be drastic consequences for shining light on things people in power would rather keep hidden. This is something the people of Slovakia learned in 2018. Jan Kuciak uh, was one of uh, the young journalists who did data journalism, and, and he really dig deep into murky cases. He very often wrote about uh, frauds and, and corruption. And uh, one of the stories he he went into was uh, the, the branch of Italian mafia in Slovakia and, and their connections to some people at the government office. And that was his last unfinished story. And I remember that on the day when uh, we learned that Jan Kuciak was killed, I was in Hungary. And I was talking to several Hungarian journalists and, and, uh, and they were telling me that how much they envy Slovakia, that there is still a space for free media. And that was, and suddenly I got a short message from my boss that the journalist was killed. And in that point, I, I had to really think and 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 I thought very hard, like what is really worse? You know, what what does it mean if if in your country uh, a journalist was killed? And uh, and it took us really um, longer than than a couple hours to to somehow take it in and absorb what it means. And and of course the next challenge was to explain it to to the public that it's not just the uh, any murder so basically we had to explain to to the people and and our readers and the nation that that it, it means that you are getting to a crossroad because killing a journalist means that someone attacks one of the the pillars of of democracy in your country and that that it's not only an attack at a concrete person but it, it is an attack at, at the journalist at all journalists as a as a family of people. And 
I remember that that I was getting these these angry questions sometimes from readers, but also politicians implied that oh why aren't you shouting this this uh, loud when when an old lady is being killed for twenty euros somewhere, or or a child is being run over by a car, so isn't it like just as a strong reason for for media to to protest and and you know to to shout. And so this was the challenge. But I think that if we think back what happened really and, and there was there were mass demonstrations and and uh, people the people understood that this is really a crossroad where 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 we as a nation are deciding, you know, whether we are going to to take the road of of uh, Turkey or Russia or countries and it's it's just normal to to kill journalists and and threaten them that way and and sending all the critical journalists that's kind of that kind of message and i think the amazing moment was that that uh, people responded genuinely angrily and, and of course, that's why uh, Robert Fico, the, the former prime minister, and and some of the politicians of the ruling party smear, started uh, reaching for conspiracy theories theories that George Soros was paying the the protest, and so they they try to to somehow implant into people's head that that media. And, and the masses on the streets were manipulated, that their anger and their fear for democracy was in genuine. Jan's murder over a year ago moved Slovaks to action, catalyzing the desire for a more transparent society into massive demonstrations and ultimately a change at the highest level of government. And while these high-profile flashpoints have significance for the media's role in a democracy, the real work happens in between them on a much slower timeline. But the role the media plays in the day-to-day -day conversation is just as important. But also when you think about it, a lot of the times uh, people are very, very focused on the big events. Um, like with a big protest that's happening or, uh, or there's a civil war that's ongoing, which was the case, for example, in 2011 in Egypt and in Libya and elsewhere uh, around that region. Uh, but that doesn't really end there. You have the aftermath following all of that, that once people start losing uh, interest of the big stories, uh, people are not hearing about the minorities in southern Egypt that had, uh, that had issues of uh, being, being attacked because they were not protected enough at that time, or they were not being, um, they were not being looked at as, as, as important political stakeholder at that time, and their, their rights were not being fought for. Um, there's the details of the average Joe's life uh, that does not end up getting represented very well in the news, uh, unless you unless you have journalists continuing to do their jobs after the big events, um, because it is it is great that you have these big events that change the democratic discourse of, of any named country, uh, but also what happens after matters a lot more because we see all the time countries going almost in uh, in that healthy path of the democratic discourse and then decline very quickly if there's no follow on. And if people inside and outside that country do not know exactly what happens to your average Joe from the north to the south to the east to the west, nothing is really going to change if people are not being informed about these things. Media helps make this connection for average citizens. 
It helps tell them when to pay attention to the issues that are defining their country, especially when it might be moving it in a negative or undemocratic direction. So if you imagine that in a Central European country, a EU member country, uh, journalists were actively surveilled, and based on that surveillance, Jan Kuciak was picked to be murdered. That's, that's scary. And, and so what we are saying now, and what I'm saying, and what I'm also saying to international organizations like journalists and journalism protection organizations, that it's so important that this gets investigated. And we now see that, that the guy who at the police did part of the surveillance was left the police, and now they are being investigated. But, but this is a, a serious warning sign. Because if I imagine that they did that to journalists, just imagine like, like uh, what they did to, to common people mm-hmm. when they felt that, oh, they might endanger us. Or, or the use of police forces and, and uh, the intelligence services for, for monitoring and surveilling journalists, that's such a clear sign that there is like a deep political change needed. And so... I think that we have been explaining that to to the people so that they understand that that this is the this is how you are losing democracy. It's important to reemphasize Beata's point here that corrupt power can and will undercut democracy if people don't pay attention. It echoes Ronald Reagan's sentiment when he said that freedom is never more than one generation from extinction. Ideally, it should not take a national crisis like Jan Kusiak's murder in Slovakia to prompt this reflection. However, it often does. The same places uh, that are rated low in democracy indexes are the same places that are rated low in press and free and media freedom indexes. Uh, you cannot really deny that similarities between these two. Um, Sometimes in, in the places where democracy is lacking, the government often try to come to, these governments try to uh, control the information that's being transferred from and to citizens. Uh, and this becomes the responsibility of journalists to try to, uh, to ensure that citizens have access to information to the most accurate and fair and balanced information. Every autocrat first is going to suffocate critical media. That's the precondition, that's Orban's inspiration. That's why, you know, here in Slovakia, um, politicians with autocratic tendencies became more sort of uh, encouraged in, in their criticism of, of the, the critical media. And, and so that's the, that's the danger of it, that, that uh, in a very difficult situation, which you also described, really the spread of, of all the social platforms conspiracy sites, you know, we are seeing how oligarchs are uh, in, in a, a shopping frenzy and buying up independent media. So in that situation, it's not, not easy to, to maintain uh, your public service role, also your, your independence. But once a country lose, is lose, uh, losing it, it's more vulnerable to, to somehow spill or, or, or turn into, into a direction which still maintains formal attributes of democracy, but it's no longer democracy. 
and there are no, you know, democracy doesn't have, you know, all these like, like characteristics. There is no illiberal democracy because it's not democracy anymore. And, and I, I think that that's, that's uh, such a warning sign, you know, everywhere where, where uh, journalists are attacked either verbally or, or you can see that, that politicians somehow uh, are building their brand on, on absolutely questioning everything. You know, like, like making people feel that, that there is no truth. Like everything is, is somehow like uh, this, this shifting, ever-changing reality and they are the only carriers of, of, of truth. Uh, right now, with the rise of the disinformation phenomena everywhere, uh, there has been a lot of attempts by, uh, but a lot of governments around the world uh, to control, um, to, an attempt to control that issue, or at least in order to mitigate that issue by, go by governing the transfer of information online between citizens, uh, which often leading to restrict the information even further and restricting freedom of expression. Uh, so the, the laws part in, isn't, isn't particularly tricky because as much as we can ask for a lot of laws to improve freedom of expression in the media, there's a lot of laws that can really restrict it. Uh, and the laws that particularly affect uh, disinformation and fake news and uh, and the way that they're traveling on the internet or in more traditional media outlets like TV uh, and print are the, have been the most talked about recently, and they very much go under the radar, even though they provide more censorship rather than help to the average citizen or average journalist. As Dina mentioned earlier, there's a chance that corruption can win and that it can acquire and maintain power by controlling information and shifting citizens' attention away from the impact of their wrongdoing. And that's why a strong, independent media at the local level is so important. Local media does the hard work of connecting the more esoteric narratives about what's going on in a country to citizens' day-to-day -day experiences and realities. I mean, a lot, a lot of people think about a lot of journalists who come and jet in for big events uh, and cover these events and then they leave, uh, but that is not always the case. You have local grassroots journalists that are embedded in their communities, uh, from doing community radio uh, to working for the big names, international newspapers and wires. Um, we just sometimes lose interest in the story. How many times uh, do people just ignore right now a story about a bombing that's happened in Iraq and Afghanistan? Because after you read these stories enough times, you kind of you don't want to read them anymore. But these are things that are still happening to the people there. Uh, whether you want to read that story or not, this is the reality of the situation. We cannot just go on and like, oh, well, that's just what happens in Iraq and Afghanistan now. No, this, is, this affects people like you and I who are going to work or buying bread. And unless someone's covered these stories, you're not going to know about it. But it was also up to the audience to, to actually read these stories that journalists risk their lives doing. And here's the challenge. To protect and secure resilient democratic institutions that cannot be easily manipulated by individuals. What happens is when, when politicians deny the watchdog role of the standard critical media, they are sending masses of people to, to the conspiracy sites. Because they are saying, like, these media, you know, when they criticize us for corruption, they are lying. You know, they are the, the enemies, they are being paid by George Soros, by, by the U.S., and by all these obscure someone. Now it's also Brussels in this region. 
and 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 so that's the way how they are undermining democratic institutions for short-term goals it's very short-sighted because at a certain point it will turn also against them because conspiracy media will be promoting like, the end of parliamentary democracy the end of parties and so that's why i'm always amazed like when when these politicians are doing that i i i'm saying hey you we will end up in total chaos you know if this this media is lifted to the uh, the level of of standard media however independent media faces many obstacles to carry out its role safeguarding democracy for independent media around the world, in small and in big economies, uh, they have been encountering the same problem, um, which is a simple fact that people do not pay for their news as much anymore. Uh, and that's why I'm saying it doesn't matter if it's in, in economies that are not doing so well or even big, healthy economies, uh, because your average Joe's wants to get wants to to try to avoid every online blog that they can possibly avoid to get to the article that they want to read without actually paying the fee that they would have to pay every week or every month. Um, and think about the last time that you bought, you bought a print newspaper. Uh, people don't do that thing anymore. The only reason you even pay for your news online through TV is because you get that subscription that you get your sports game on, and it just happens to come with the package uh, that, you, that, you, that you watch the news with it. Um, so when you, when you really think about it, if, if media outlets uh, are not getting the revenue that they're used to, and keep in mind that for print newspapers as well, um, more, less and less people are inclined to do their advertising there because they're going to the online platforms where people are using more in order to um, to place their advertising, and it's cheaper. Uh, so this um, this contributes even more to the declining resources of media outlets, of media houses uh, that uh, that right now they cannot afford the journalists that they have to report in the story. So you hear more and more stories about journalist layoffs. Uh, they cannot even afford the equipment. Uh, the necessary equipment that journalists need, such as cameras. So you have now journalists going around with their, uh, with their smartphones taking photos. Not that smartphones right now don't have great, uh, great camera abilities, but they're still, they're still not as good as good quality journalism uh, that can be produced by journalists who have the proper resources to do so. Um, so you find now more and more newspapers or media outlets in general are... Uh, are getting their content from freelance journalists who happen to be at the, at the same at the right place at the right time, uh, and paying them minimal resources. And sometimes journalists have to uh, write an entire thing or do an entire story and then pitch it to someone before they can even get money for it. And sometimes by the time you do all that, the story is outdated. Um, so you have the, the the media outlets not affording to pay journalists and freelance journalists not affording to to do this uh, to do this job anymore. Uh, and and this, if if we want to talk about the rise of independent rise of independent independent journalism, uh, we should probably pay for our news more in order for independent journalism to be able to afford to give us the news that we want and deserve. The the ultimate challenge is how standard media and and I don't like using the word standard because because. Uh, you know, it, it has been somehow suggested that that uh, it it necessarily means the establishment, which is you know, is not true, but but uh, that stick to their role, also to be a public service, 
to to do critical journalism but but uh, you know separate opinions from facts which which i think it's the major curse of of conspiracy media that there is no line between opinion and facts and this is what people like like gradually keep confusing and and i think that's the big challenge to to somehow explain what is the opinion and what are the facts and and so with that it it brings so so many challenges and and i think that that uh, also politicians and it it gets me back to the comment i made before if they don't start to be more cautious about it and they trade it for short term gains you know the 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 use the use of social sites and 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 uh, not making sure that people understand you know the differences between opinion and facts and 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 all the shades of of journalistic work that it will turn against them because it will dismantle the, the one of the crucial pillars of democracy the watchdog law As technology and social media have made it easier for people to become brokers of information and opinions, it is clear that free media plays many other roles in a modern democracy, not all of which might be constructive. But as both Dina and Beata have shown through personal experience and professional opinion, when done right, journalism and a free press are key to a functioning, thriving democracy. Thanks to both our guests, Beata and Dina, for their time and their insights. Until next time, I'm Travis Green, and thanks for listening to Global.